This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Gohan from Dragon Ball Super, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Excuse me, Gohan, this is more of a narrator type thing. Uh, okay. Just do it more like a next time on Talk Time Live. Uh, next time on Talk Time Live. Don't quit your day job, Gohan. It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, what I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter. Where y'all from? And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news. Special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes. All can learn something new. Me too. I heard words when no faith is empty. I stayed the course, so my haters tempt me. Beep the podcast, that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. It's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk Time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. gentlemen welcome back to the journal of my life that covers all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live the prime show i am your host xavier josiah hope everybody's having a great weekend i know there's a lot going on in the world but we're here we're here to take an hour or so away from everything that's going on in the world everything that's you know putting you in a place in a really bad place right now and just talk about some of your favorite things and your favorite fandoms right now that's what talk time live is all about so let's do that we got a new subject matter to talk about today no reviews this week we do have a review next week definitely but this week we are going to go a different direction we're going to talk about the state of the arrowverse if you will or the state of the dc uh i like to call them dcw but the CW's DC lineup of shows that is uh, coming somewhat gone in the recent years and um, looks to be like they're going a different direction. I want to run down and talk about, you know, go back and talk about where it started, you know, into where it's going right now, whether it, it is continuing to go. So I want to discuss that and we'll talk about that in our talk topic of the week. But we also got other things, of course, to talk about in the world of our favorite fandoms here. Uh, before I do, I want to give another thanks to my man Boris Roberto Aguilar from the Sunday night's main event uh, radio show and podcast, which is Canada's premier radio show on TSN, which is uh, Toronto Sports Network. 
they've been around. If you're a wrestling fan, you may have heard of them or you may have known them before as The Law, which is live audio wrestling. And I've listened to those guys for like possibly decades um honestly in uh boris pointed it out on on his on his uh show the uh rampage ramble show that i uh, podcast that i was on that they've been around for i probably listened to this thing for 24 years and probably even more back but um we got i got a chance to come on he uh invited me to come on the show to talk uh one of my favorite shows and my favorite um platform things to talk about is aew so i got to talk about last week's episode of aew rampage um which I really enjoyed and I knew we were going to click off really well and we did. So I was happy to talk with him. It was awesome. And I got to pay, I got to pay it back forward. So Boris is coming on to this show sometime this week and we're going to have a special episode dedicated to wrestling games. So we're going to talk about the five top five wrestling games of our time. (laughs) not of all time but our time and you know really get down i'm looking forward to seeing what he comes up with in accordance to what i come up with because there's a lot of wrestling games out there there's like over 300 wrestling games that has all ever came out dating back to the 80s so with nintendo and such um so i'm really interested in seeing what he's gonna pick and you know how deep of a wrestling gamer is he you know, so I'm, I'm looking forward to talking to him on having him on the show. You'll see the video um, episode of that coming uh, sometime this week. So stay tuned for that. But again, we got a lot going on in the world of our favorite fans. Oh, I should also add, uh, I spoke with uh, Jeffrey Thorne just recently, too. I just want to get that out of the way. And uh, he is coming back onto the show because he is now writing for Milestone Media uh under their latest title the return of the blood syndicate uh so i'm looking forward to talking to him about that as well so we got guests coming of course down the line and uh this is going to be a fun fun time for both of them and i think this is going to be jeffrey's sixth time coming on the show i believe i guaranteed he's broken the record of guest appearances like i think kyle maybe four uh to his five but I've had people come on many, many times, but I think Jeffrey may be the most this time. And I'm looking forward to having him back on to talk about that as well. So I absolutely, uh, I, I, just what I love about the show. I, I get to talk to some of the most awesome people I've ever had the pleasure of talking to on a show. So it'll be fun. So stay tuned for that. But for now, let's not waste any time, folks. Let's find out what's new in the world of ACMG. And now, it's time to find out what's new in the world of ACMG. So we're going to start off by saying congratulations to Marvel Studios once again. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is number one in the box office for the second week in a row. Now... I mean, was there any other doubt? I mean, well, granted, all right. The new Top Gun sequel, the long-awaited, much-anticipated Top Gun sequel has arrived as well. So they had a chance to try to outdo that, but it's just, I think it's one of those timing issues type of situations. It's like, yes, it is Top Gun, but we're at an age where comic book movies are still a major thing. And as legendary as that is i would not choose to put that anywhere near a marvel movie because it's still hot like right now and it's going to remain hot 
for the remainder of this year. And this is the year where people are going back to theaters full time. So the best thing they didn't want to do, the last thing that they left off before the pandemic was a Marvel movie. And they it actually was one of the best Marvel movies. And then they're coming back in. So they a lot of fans who were afraid to go to theaters now probably are going to want to see a Marvel movie and enjoy it, you know, the normalcy of what they had had before the pandemic came in. So I see this happening. And in fact, it did. Uh, reports are saying that the latest chapter and the MCU brought in 61 million in its second week. Uh, Variety.com reported that the sequel also added 83.5 million internationally, which adds on to the global total of 688.1 million. Now, that's not a record breaker by any stretch, but that's still not, that's nothing to really shrug off. Okay. Like, Black Panther and uh, Spider-Man and Endgame and uh, Infinity, I believe, hit the mill. Or, I'm sorry, the billion mark, uh, if I'm correct. But that's still a great number considering, you know, people are back in the theaters and, you know, um, they want to see it. I, I know, remember when I went in, well, first of all, our, our situation was packed. We were packed in Movie Tavern when we went. Like, it was, there was no seat in the house. So that was a good sign that things are getting back to normal in a sense. Um, you know, especially now that we don't have to wear a mask mandate or whatever like that. So, and we enjoyed ourselves like it was the old, uh, there too. So I expect it to be even better with these other movies coming down the line. Um, and speaking of other movies, I predict that Thor love and, uh, thunder will supersede that amount as it arrives on, uh, July 8th, 2022. But also, I mean, we got a whole lineup of things coming down. Like, um, June 8th, Miss Marvel is finally coming. We're going to see if that really lives up, you know, to the uh, to what we expect from this. Um, that's going to be an interesting one because there's some changes made in that aspect in terms of her powers. Um, it's going to be really interesting. Um, I'm looking forward to it because actually I may actually enjoy this because her powers are different. I I like the Miss Marvel character. I love Kamala Khan. I love her personality. I love everything about her, except maybe her powers, because it's just we already got Reed Richards. So why was this the choice for her powers? I like the idea that it kind of changed it up for the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. So I will, I'm, I'm very interested in seeing her power set and what it's going to do for that. But uh, that's going to be awesome. But like I said, uh, July 8th, 2022 is going to be uh Thor Love and Thunder and guaranteed the pre-sales for that is going to be insane. I got to be careful and look out for that strategically for when that happens. Uh, She-Hulk is also coming in August 17th, 2022 on Disney Plus. So that's going to be anticipated too. Uh, I'm very, I'm so looking forward to that. But I think what's going to supersede both Doctor Strange and Thor Love and Thunder is Black Panther Wakanda Forever, which is coming November 11th. In fact, I the minute that trailer hits, which I think that trailer is going to hit in June or July this summer, it's it is it's got to hit because if it's coming out in November, the you got to you start doing the anticipation for it. We got to see trailers. I'm predicting we're going to see it uh, sometime next month or July because uh, you need to build up that anticipation, marketing wise and promotional wise, um, for it to come. So everybody's chomping at the bits to see what is going to happen with a movie based on a character based on an actor 
that is no longer around with us. And I, I can, I, I'll tell you this. I'm anticipating it, but I'm not ready because I think it's going to bring back some things, some like heartbreaking things about his, you know, Chadwick Boseman's passing. And man, was that a hard thing? That was, that was guaranteed. That is possibly the worst news. I mean, I want to say it was the worst news because there was, I mean, we had George Floyd, we had Breonna Taylor, we had um, Ahmaud Aubrey, you know, that we were dealing with in certain terms of um, just trying to get through what was 2020. But on top of all that, Chadwick Boseman dies. It was, it, it was the most one, it was just heartbreak upon heartbreak. And I can't remember, I can't imagine, you know, just bringing this back. And maybe we've gotten past to the point, maybe, but when the movie comes, I guarantee there's going to be, there's going to be tissue brought into <laughs> these theaters, man. I guarantee you. So that's coming. I can't believe that's coming in a few, in the course of a few months. So I think that's going to supersede guaranteed that's going to supersede, um, Dr. Strange and, uh, in the multiverse, but I'm looking forward to watching that movie again when it arrives on Disney plus too. So, um, man, this is, this is going to be crazy. Um, you know what else is crazy? Married with children after all these years, married with children is making a comeback. The, one of the best shows in the nineties is making a comeback here. And not only is it coming back, it, the reports are saying it is looking to come back in animated form. So, uh, it's been said on many reports and many articles that, uh, that are reporting this, that the original cast members, Ed O'Neill, uh, Katie Seagal, Christina Applegate, David Faustino, who, who plays Al, Peggy, Kelly, and Bud are coming back to reprise a role for this. And the show is in process of being pitched to networks right now. It hasn't been signed. It hasn't been contracted, but I guess they're putting it out there to try to get the hype. And guess what? I'm hyped because I want this show to come back. The reports are also saying that the show is being overseen by the people behind Family Guy. So I extremely want this to happen now because I'm a huge not only, uh, Family Guy fan. I'm a huge Seth MacFarlane fan. Seth MacFarlane to me is it's it's he's just he's just a marvel no pun intended uh of today of comedy today man like he what he's able to do he's able to do things with his platform that a lot of people like a lot of comedians aren't even able to do he's getting away with a lot of things that a lot of comedians can't even get away with because they uh, because of fear of being canceled um to me he's this generation's mel brooks and if you, a lot of you are listening right now, don't know who Mel Brooks is. If you're young enough not to know who Mel Brooks is, Mel Brooks is Mel Brooks is a comedic genius who came out with a lot of movies um, in the past that people are very familiar with. Uh, familiar with, I would say, um, you know, Young Frankenstein, um, History of the World, more famously known for Spaceballs, um, also famously known for Robin Hood Men in Tights because that very movie actually brought in Dave Chappelle 
it, it brought people, it made people, it introduced the world to Dave Chappelle. And he was the most kind of the standout of that movie. One, because he was one of the only black guys, but it was, this was a spoof off of the Kevin Costner uh, and Morgan Freeman Robin Hood movie. And for some reason, Mel Brooks thought that it was great to spoof this movie. And I'm glad he did because that movie, Robin Hood Minutes was hilarious. And somehow he just, I guess he uh, saw Dave Chappelle, felt he was great to be on it. And he played the, uh, the the Mel uh, the Morgan Freeman version of the character in that movie, so that was awesome, and it was you know Mel Brooks. I've always been a fan of Mel Brooks from the get go. He uh, Get Smart was another uh, series that he was uh, uh, he was responsible for as well. Seth MacFarlane is that same type of dude, and if anybody who's aligned with um, with Seth MacFarlane and Family Guy and the guys who the writers of Family Guy and the producers and everything, I'm down with because I watch everything that Seth MacFarlane ever does, even the Orville. <laughs> like I'm a bigger Orville fan than I probably am a Truck fan at this point. I just he's he's awesome. He is absolutely awesome. And well, people don't understand like the original series for you know um, Married with Children ran for 11 seasons and was considered Fox's longest running and most successful primetime show before The Simpsons broke that record st by still airing new episodes to this day. Um, I almost thought that like Married with Children would be there forever. I, I seriously did. I um, That show lasted way longer than I thought it was going to last. And, you know, it ran for like an entire generation. And it was also known as a very provocative, very raunchy uh, comedy um, like some of the things that Mario Children does in certain in some of these episodes probably wouldn't be looked at the same today but I've watched reruns of Mario Children still air in certain uh, networks it's still funny it is still funny as hell I mean Mario Children was like at one point the staple of 90s pop culture and what was, you know, what was the hottest thing going on? And speaking of hottest thing, Christina Applegate was the hot girl of that era when that show came out. Like she, she played that role and, um, it helped launch her career. Katie Seagal launched her career from this point, you know, beyond Peggy, she played on Futurama as well. She's looking to come back as Futurama, but also she went and played, um, the mom in, uh, Sons of Anarchy, which I thought that was her, one of her best roles ever because she played this character who was like a villain character and she killed it. I mean, like that role, she scared me on Sons of Anarchy. I, I was like her and Ron Perlman in that movie. I mean, that series was just so great. And, um, and of course, Ed O'Neill went on to be, uh, play a modern family and, you know, also do other things as well. So like all of them are, now, David Faustino, I know he's done some voice roles and all the stuff, but he he's like the only one in the group um, of the original cast that really hasn't done anything out of the main core cast that really I don't recall seeing him doing anything major in a case. So this will be awesome for him to come back to reprise that role as Bud because he was insanely funny as Bud Bundy. But what I you know, the thing I love about it most is because all of them are, you know, years upon years later in their careers now. Um, but you know, you can't do the same thing and re and, and get the same spark by doing live series. 
you have i think doing it animated is so great because you know you can live forever as a voice and i remember when i talked to um if you checked out the interview what i had with brian o'halloran uh um the, in, the last interview i did with him on talktimelive.com you can check it out there uh brian o'halloran from clerks and clerks 3 coming up we talked about the animated series that they had the six episode animated series that they did but he also mentioned on air how he would love to do that because no matter you know if they he jokingly said you know if they get old and ugly they can just use their voices to reprise the, the characters and that's what married with children pretty much is doing right now I'm not saying that they're old and ugly but i think if you want you know fans of that series to relive things you possibly and, and, and still you know keep a certain look and era of them animated is the best way to go because ed o'neill is in his senior years right now uh katie seagal is in her senior years right now they can't pull off the same type of thing that they did with that situation back then um christine applegate too i mean all of them have gone on to their careers and done some things so that you know you can't do the same things you just can't um you they got to do the simpsons thing and like your kids can never grow old you can't never grow old and stuff like that so but either way i am all for this i hope that this gets in i hope the uh anticipation with fans come about you know and plus because it's animated form and again being overseen by the people behind family guy they can possibly get away with the things they used to depending on what platform they're on if they go to adult swim that's an easy go if they go to hbo max they can do it there too um any like if they go on streaming they can do, I, I just hope that they don't do paramount <laughs> please don't do paramount go to hbo um please go to hbo and do this i'm all for it but of course it was a fox show so it chances are it could be hulu that it could be on as well and i would be good with that too um hulu has a bunch of fox shows on that was a fox tv series so um I, look let's bring it let's make it happen i'm so for it as well so now we're gonna get into two discussions here that is gonna lead in and segue right into our talk topic of the week and we're gonna start off talking about cancellations um marvel's modok series on hulu is as uh canceled after its first season um reason for its cancellation is unknown but i can tell you from my experience with that show i was not a fan of the show i reviewed that show way back uh you know if you could check out that episode i just was not a fan of the show it just after a few episodes it wasn't what i thought it was going to be and when i started realizing that it was the the art style and everything was in the animated style was very much robot chicken-esque and then i found out later on that seth green it was you know in his team that works on robot chicken had a lot to do with it i kind of started feeling like i don't know if this is gonna work for me particularly um and then you know watching it it was just like it didn't click it didn't connect it just i didn't feel that it lived up to what I thought that it was going to be. And it, it, I don't, this is one of those situations that is not Pat Oswalt's fault. I thought his performance and portrayal of the character was great. I think he has the voice for Modoc uh, that I played that played really well. I just didn't think it worked. Um, 
did how they the whole him having a family and all this stuff and it, it I did I couldn't get into the characters at all you know it's this is not you know it, it just for me it just didn't work in a sense like I watched Duncanville uh, I just thought about this like Duncanville is really a good show I think um, Amy Poehler does a, Amy Poehler is a really awesome comedic mind um, and she, it, it's really it's really showing off she's also executive producer of this show called the three um, busy Debbies which is on Adele Swim um, which she you know put herself along to that project and she she has a good mind for com- comedy and people who are really good at comedy so she she knows what she's doing I've really enjoyed that show and, you know if you compare Duncanville to the Modoc show in terms of family sitcom type of situations Duncanville is a lot better I think if the people at Duncanville would have worked on Modoc I think this would have been a much successful show because their comedy is really well done where I felt like Modoc tried to be a little bit more shock value and you know I didn't expect Modoc to be this and do this and whatever it it I see what they were trying to do but in execution it didn't work and apparently it didn't work for a lot of people because I posted this on the ACMG Facebook group. There were like one person, I think, that actually liked the show. And then a few other people also chimed in and said, like, it didn't really hit with me. And I think it didn't hit with a lot of people. And I think because of that, um, I think that's the reason why it got canceled, because it it really got low reviews. I, IGN, for some reason, gave it high praise. I didn't see that. I didn't see what they were seeing. And this in particular situation i just didn't see it um but when you when you all right take away dunkerville let's compare it to another marvel animated series that came out uh later on last year hit monkey that show was absolutely awesome that show was so dope it was comedic it was action-packed um it wasn't trying to be a sitcom but it somehow people gravitated more to hit uh monkey thought hit monkey was much more successful and and awesome i love hit monkey the first season of hit monkey i hope that that stays um but i i had a feeling modok was not going to hit it and um even though despite its praise from you know certain media formats it just didn't do and they just decided not to do it and actually i'm glad because that's not the way i wanted to see modok anyway like i knew it was going to be a comedy but I, I don't know it just i felt like they were trying to be mel brooks and it just didn't work out that way in the case so it is what it is in that case but we'll see what happens next for them but they also you know this is now a at least they got out there at least they were able to get a season and there were so many marvel projects that they were supposed to be working on uh ghost rider was one of them uh what was the other one there was a few other ones that they were trying to work on that never even got off the ground and um it you know modok seems to have made it but it failed in that process and i i get why even if they don't say it i get why so for there now the other series that has also canceled in its first season i'm not surprised by this um i really i i i want to say yeah i am surprised but i'm not because after watching the first season i see what's been going on dc's naomi is officially announced as canceled in its first season um the series based on brian michael bendis uh, dc title of the same name debuted earlier this year with many interested con- um considering that the acclaimed director uh ava duvernay was deeply involved in the series uh unfortunately uh it's gonna join the 
announced list of other DC shows, Batwoman, uh, who was also announced canceled after three seasons and Legends of Tomorrow, which uh, has seen its final season um, of that series as well. Naomi, I watched the first season of Naomi. It was okay. It was nothing short of okay. I did like the actors. I did like the characters, um, but I thought the story was too slow paced. It was way too slow paced. It was, I can compare it to Superman Returns slow pace where you're waiting for some action to happen. She didn't get her powers or she didn't, they didn't manifest her powers until like fifth, sixth episode or something like that. And it was just too much lore going, you know, happening and it not enough to pull you in. Afterwise, like when you, when you see somebody pulling a string and, and a dangling carrot and you're still not getting the carrot, eventually you're going to just want to give up. And I think people, a lot of people may have given up after the first few episodes because we didn't see what Naomi was doing. She didn't, they didn't announce that she was alien. She had powers until, you know, that time and didn't, we kind of didn't really understand her powers by the time the episode was over and the season's over, not to mention certain things. It was just certain things in there that just didn't, you know, gravitate people into it. And I guess the ratings didn't uh, also, you know, went into that as well. And they decided to uh, nix it. So it was, it's a, it's a shame because it's another black superhero movie that we're not seeing in here. Black Lightning um, ended after the third season, but to their credit, I will give them this credit. They allowed the show to end properly. So we're not, we're left without cliffhangers or whatnot. Naomi sort of kind of did, but left it open-ended now because now she has powers. And she also discovered that her parents um, killed her other parents. So we'll never get to see that situation, but it did end it on, it did end in a certain way, but they also through the entire series was hinting that Superman is real. Uh, they were in another earth or whatnot in, in certain cases. So I don't know what they're going to do. Superman and Lois is like the lone DC show right now that is airing. Whether they'll have her make an appearance on that show to justify, you know, the situation, I don't know. We'll see. But it's unfortunate. If you're a fan of the Naomi series, um, it's unfortunate. You're not going to get another season from there from, from that point. So as we end this, we're going to take a break, come back because this segment is over and that's what's new in the world of ACMG. But in our next segment, our talk topic of the week, we're going to continue this situation in terms of the uh, DC Arrowverse and talk about the state of this genre of TV shows that has really helped put uh, the CW on the map, but it looks like we're seeing the beginning of the end. We're going to talk about that in our next segment. We'll do that right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go. Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live. 
TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live. Hey folks, this is Brian O'Halloran, and you may know me from such films as Clerks, Mallrats, Chasing Amy, and a whole bunch of USQ films. And you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Do it. And now, it's time for our Talk Topic of the Week. Ready? Wait! Folks, we are back with our Talk Topic of the Week, and I'm here to discuss... The state of the Arrowverse or the DC lineup of shows, the primetime DC lineup of shows on the CW uh, that is dated back to Arrow in 2012. I mean, like it's literally a decade now uh, that we're here. And now a decade later, there's officially one DC show connected to the Arrowverse that is on and that is Superman and Lois right now. When you go back and look back at 2012, which was not only the start of Arrow, but Arrow was coming off of the popularity of Christopher Nolan's Batman series. And somehow they, you know, Greg Berlanti came out with Arrow and gave it the, you know, changed the whole entire way that we looked at a DC primetime show. The last show that came on before that was Smallville. And Smallville lasted for a very long time. It, actually, it, it really, ran its it really went over its course it it lasted way longer than it should have in my opinion um but they wanted to do something different they saw the success of the green arrow character on that show and they wanted to change up and do something a little different here but you know give this arrow a more of a christopher nolan type of vibe and it worked and they play like greg berlanti was smart he saw what was popular in certain other uh, platforms and was like, I'll take a little bit from this and put it into my platform. And it worked. He definitely got Arrow off of uh, the success of the Christopher Nolan uh, Gotham vibe and put that little element into Emerald City uh, and, and really played it off well with the Arrow series. I believe it's called Emerald City. I'm pretty sure. I think it is. Okay. Don't, don't butcher me if I get it wrong. Um, but nonetheless, the series w- went off to a great success. More people were watching the CW than any other time it has ever been around. And the CW just changed from the WB network, by the way, as well. So you got to remember that. Um, it, if, for those of you who don't remember, the CW was once known as WB network, which at the same time was once known as UPN. So by this era, CW needed something that really gravitated to people and DC Comics was it. Um, the Batman series, the Christopher Nolan Batman series was a big hit for the, thanks to uh, The Dark Knight. And they played right off of that greatly. Stephen Amell made his debut and in the eyes of many people and we loved it. We loved everything about it. And when we got to, I believe, the second season of Arrow, that's when things really hit. I mean, with the Deathstroke uh, season, still one of my favorite episodes is when he when uh, Deathstroke is Slade is in that house and in, in the uh, Queen's house, and it's one of the still to be one of the best episodes ever. But it was so great. Our talk times 
and in, in, in the ACMG Facebook group. This was a time when it was a great time to be a fan. Um, this was a time when people were enjoying each other, when they were enjoying life, they were enjoying their fandoms and we were all enjoying it together on social media before this era of social media is here. Like, I mean, you go back into 2012, it is an amazing contrast. If, if you, if we ever can achieve time travel for real, go back to 2012 and see how much people enjoyed these fandoms and enjoyed each other with these fandoms. It's a total difference. It's an amazing difference. And it's really kind of sad at the state of social media right now and where we're at with social media because people are still enjoying the fandoms, but they're not enjoying it together. Not the way that it was. Um, people have become so intoxicated and mentally distraught with everything that's going on around us that it's hard to really enjoy our fandoms together. I wish in some cases we were around the 2012 era, but better because 2012 wasn't perfect, but it was at least we were still all enjoying it. And when Arrow came on that show, we were all online talking, watching it live and doing it, doing it, doing our thing there, man. It was, it was just a great time when that series came out. And then shortly afterwards, the flash came out in which, you know, they did an episode, uh, I think in the second season, which introduced Grant Gustafson as Barry Allen. And then lo and behold, we got the Flash series. Flash changed. I mean, we Arrow was great because it, it was the Batman that we were, you know, it gave us the Batman feel in that show. Obviously, I mean, you saw traces of Batman vibes throughout Arrow. But when the Flash came out, that really changed the game because the budget went up majorly and we got to see CGI and special effects on a TV show, on a primetime TV show that we never, ever saw before. And it was awesome. And it still is. I mean, like they still do, but like it's 10, it's like now going on 10 years and we've seen these special effects before the CGI budget that we've seen on there. And um, now, but it's been superseded now by the likes of Marvel Studios, who are now on Disney Plus with their shows, and putting on the same uh, the same budget that they've done for their movies, and putting that budget into these TV shows. So it's insane what they're what they've done with these things. And then on top of that, um, their own shows. Uh, what, which one is it? Um, Peacemaker, which is connected to the DC films, got the huge budget as well. And, and then we got to see it in there. I believe there will be a second season of Peacemaker too. I looked at I, IMDb. I, um, it does have season two on air. So stay tuned for that one. But Flash was a game changer in this sense. We got to see, you know, the Flash as the Flash, the way we want to see the Flash in there. And it started a firestorm with fans. And then again, we were all, we were in the ACMG Facebook group. Other Facebook groups were doing their, you know, thing. I started to talk time you know, spoiler post, and I'm not going to toot my own horn, but I was told that other people were started doing the same thing, um, you know, around, but not to the likes of me because I put in a bunch of graphics and everything where some people were just put on, let's talk about flash hair and text or whatever like that. But I, I gave it to, you know, the movie flair. I still do. Um, but then Supergirl came out on uh, shortly after on uh, what was it, CBS. It failed miserably because CBS didn't see the they. Whenever a comic book, whenever 
a major network like CBS or NBC. Um, even no, ABC did it right. ABC did it right because they were connected with Disney and Marvel and stuff. So Ages of Shit was really well done, and they they gave some really good treatment to that series. But NBC and uh, CBS did not know what they were doing. Um, they just saw that superhero movies and comic book movies were you know becoming a new trend and they wanted to be a part of it but they didn't know what they were doing and they didn't allow greg berlanti to do what he needed to do and supergirl failed and constantine failed constantine was on nbc um supergirl was in uh cbs and it was actually connected to the arrowverse i can't speak for i guess now constantine is connected to the arrowverse because matt ryan ended up becoming a, uh, a member of the uh legends of tomorrow in that show and he was also seen in other parts of the arrowverse as well because they canceled that series way too soon on air um but we actually got to see that series and i thought constantine was great and then they just canceled it and i was like that was a dumb move they never refer uh resurfaced it back nobody else brought the rights but they put him on legends of tomorrow which i thought was awesome and we got to see constantine the way we wanted to see it and they celebrated um matt ryan the way we wanted to see it so i, I thought that was really awesome that they uh did that too um what was i gonna say to that nature but uh in terms of supergirl they didn't know what the hell they were doing either and they canceled it they canceled that series and indefinitely and um that was sad because i thought they could have done a great job with it and i thought the thing that they didn't do right too in that show was that they basically didn't give them the budget that they needed the one episode that i thought was hilarious was the red tornado episode and they tried to make him look like vision but didn't have the vision budget so he just looked like a bad cosplay of vision or and they called him red tornado it was horrible it was absolutely horrible thanks goodness to greg berlanti when they did crisis on uh, earth x and they brought back Red Tornado and made him look like Red Tornado because they just CGI'd him, which they should have done in the first place. Oh God, if you go, I, I, I fear going back to the first season of um, Supergirl. It's horrible, but they canceled it. Greg Berlanti brought the, uh, uh, managed to talk CW into acquiring Supergirl. They brought her onto the CW and you could see a dramatic difference in that show, a major difference in that show in terms of, um, you know storytelling character development and budget it was all there it was much better and that show was awesome from that point on but that show eventually ended but it ended i thought you know honestly supergirl i talked about this before but supergirl had the greatest ending of a series of the cw series of them all i thought it ended greatly i thought they did what they did was awesome um everything went full circle to that extent and um I really loved how they ended. And they brought back Cat Graham. I was so happy they brought Callista Flockhart back because I would have been pissed. I would have been majorly, majorly pissed if they did not bring her back after all this time because she was like the most hated character on the show. But then, like when they brought her into this, um, this the Arrowverse uh, officially, 
she became one of the everybody's favorite character. They turned her character right around and man, did they did they not let us down at the end? So I was OK with Supergirl going away. Legends, Legends of Tomorrow also came about and this was a totally, you know, new show. This wasn't a part of the actual comic book universe, but it involved a lot of comic book characters that we, you know, know the first few seasons of Legends of Tomorrow were awesome uh, with Van, um, with Vandal Savage, it, it, you know, and then other characters that were coming about and he kept switching around characters after a while and Firestorm when everybody, you know, and then we found out what happened to Crisis on Earth X when Professor Stein died and that, that was so, that was so, I love Crisis on Earth X. We'll talk about the crossover series as well, but I thought that, um, that's the, the, the first few seasons of the show was great, but after a while, Legends of Tomorrow just fell off. It really fell off. Like it, that's why I, it's ended, it ended after, uh, it's seventh season. They didn't have the feel that it had when it first started. They, it got too comedic. It got too random. And then like when you're, when you're villain becomes J Edgar Hoover, it's like, nobody wants to see that. Like I get what they were doing at the time, but like the, 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 it didn't feel, it felt less like a comic book series they weren't even wearing costumes they weren't even doing special effects the budget seemed like it was trickling down with that show it just it didn't connect with fans the way it used to and they, i felt like they just phoned it in after a while with the writing and the storytelling and, and whatnot with the series it it just didn't live up after a while but you know they got to end the series right which was great i i, I never i never desired to watch the last episode of legends of tomorrow i just didn't it's just I couldn't. I, I can't, man. It, it maybe I will. And I think honestly, I think I still have it in DVR, but I never went back and watched the last two episodes. Maybe I will go back and just see how they ended it. Uh, cause I just it it was a shadow of what it was. And it was a great show. It was a really, really great show after a while. Um they went on to try to do other shows too. Swamp Thing, I should mention, which I thought was great. It was a different feel in a different vibe that they were going. They were going for like a horror vibe with this series. I thought it was working. I thought it did really great. Um, the first season was really good. And then all of a sudden it got canceled first season. Unlike Naomi, this series was absolutely spectacular. Um, I, I just didn't understand why they didn't have faith in this. And I, I guess because it was just too scary. They didn't for what I was under, for what I understand and what I read is that you know it, it was too dark for them to do but i thought it was I, it would have been great I, I thought that they were gonna like eventually put him swamp thing on in legends of tomorrow because they did mention him quite a few times within the uh the arrowverse shows of last year if i'm correct so i was hoping and they did show the series on the cw probably saying um getting a feel see if people were actually vibe to it I wanted to see a season two. Or I wanted to see him join up or some form of fashion. I don't think that's going to happen ever now at this point. Then they got real. They got real and they came out with a show with my previous guest and soon to be upcoming guest, Jeffrey Thorne, stated as the blackest superhero series of all time. And I totally agree. This Black Lightning was out and um, dude, that show was my show like i clearly said it was literally the new york undercover of com uh, comic book uh primetime shows uh cress williams 
Nafisa Williams, um, China Ann McLean, which by the way, I, again, I will also say again that they did us justice. They did us complete justice at the end, um, of the series. They ended the series, right? And because the situation with China and McLean, I don't know what was going on, but they had a, they had the storyline in there where she basically was, she, um, material dematerialized. And then when she materialized again, she was a whole nother character. And people thought that, you know, China and McLean was fired from the series or the show. But that wasn't the case because by the end of the series, near the end of the series, she came back on the show. So I think that they were like ribbing everybody, making it seem like, and then we also saw her back on um, Tyler Perry's House of Pain, which she was originally from. So we ended up seeing her come back on the show. Everybody was happy. And then they ended off really well because uh, Crodon, AKA Tobias Well, was, you know, they finally got him back. They finally got revenge of this dude. He was an awesome villain. Tobias Wells was an absolutely fantastic villain in this show. The subject matter of that show was pretty damn awesome. They also was getting uh, Khalil um, Payne and they are a pain maker um, in this series and um, or painkiller in this series. And he was supposed to have his own series. And they this was one of the situations. Again, they never lived up to the um they decided not to go with the painkiller series i thought that was going to be awesome too and which is so crazy is that they're coming out with this new show that's coming out um coming soon and it kind of gives that type of vibe of painkiller as well but he's not he's an inventor i forgot that um top what is it john swift or something like that i forgot the name of the show it looks dope i don't know to what end this series is going to be but he looks like he's going to be the black tony stark in this show um but he's he's a genius he you know puts together gadgets and he fights crime at the same time so I, we're gonna see how this goes with that one and see how far that goes i i don't know man i i can't put too much faith in cw shows lately because they're just putting stuff in there see if it's gonna stick and uh I don't know. I just don't know. Um, we also had Batwoman, which I think this was the proverbial Jenga uh, brick or the proverbial Domino that was the key one that started making everything fall because we had um, it, it started off great and then the series just went downhill because Ruby Rose basically who everybody was hyped for. Everybody loved her as, um, as, uh, Kate, uh, Kate Kane. She looked the part, she played the part, but she then, she then pretty much left after the first season because she felt, and she, to my knowledge, she was the only person ever to say and claim that the work rate was too much. Everybody who's ever played in the 10 years that this show has played has never complained about the stunts that were going on there, the choreography, the injury, like nobody has complained about that. Ruby Rose is the only one that has done this and she quit the show like cold turkey, left them hanging, if you will. So they had to rearrange the storyline around. They had to get um, Javisa uh, Leslie 
uh, in here is Ryan Wilder, which I thought she was okay. I mean, no, actually, she was a little bit above okay for me. Um, I grew into her and she grew into the character. And, but honestly, it just, it was lacking. And it wasn't to fall the, of, of her. Um, Ruby Rose character was a major deal in the comic books and a major deal in this show. And they already invested so much into her. But by the time Ryan came in, the character Ryan came in and then she didn't she didn't have the Batman vibe and she didn't she had to grow into the Batman vibe. And I didn't like the way that they, you know, the, her character direction in particular and up until like the second season or the third season, if you will. But then by the time her character got better, the storyline did not. They started adding in, you know, her role gallery, which were like new generations, uh, new generation versions of old Batman characters like Mary, uh, Nicole Kang, who played Mary Hamilton, ended up playing a, being a variation of Poison Ivy. They had another character. Um, I can't get his name on air, but he was playing um, a Joker esque like character. So they didn't respect that character. They didn't the Ryan Wilder character enough to be able to face actual Batman characters. And I think when he did that, that kind of just diluted her character. It, it was the same thing. I think if they would have done the same thing that Marvel did with um, Miles Morales, I think that would have been much better. I think that would have been because what, what they did right with Miles Morales is that like they allowed him to face some of spider-man's biggest role gallery like the green goblin uh and then not only did he face the green goblin he beat the living crap out of the green goblin and not the 616 green goblin uh the ultimate universe goblin which was in my opinion an even more dangerous version of the goblin character um that variation so miles morales proved that he was able to you know step in the same realm as captain america peter parker um all those guys they they leveled them up they didn't do the same thing with ryan wilder and they just said like no we'll give her other characters that's when you go wrong because in the eyes of comic book fans and fans alike of these type of genres they want to see that this character lives up to the expectations of that and they were doing that with um ruby rose to some extent and then ruby rose was able to rub you know elbows with arrow and flash and all that stuff for a time being ryan wilder did not get that chance the only one chance that she got to do it was armageddon that was like not even real that whole storyline was like another dimension so in hindsight they never got her to connect and meet with supergirl with flash with arrow um you know with any of the characters not even legends they never got to meet never so as a result of a week somewhat somewhat weak third season cw decided to nix it and i get it i get it i'm just i'm very disappointed in that because it's another again we had three shows featuring three black superheroes and i think i guess when you put the three together the most successful one was black lightning because they ended the series properly they didn't cut it off um, and the storylines from that point was really great. It's just for some reason, when, when you premiere a black superhero, it just doesn't get the support of the company, but it also, I would, I would dare say it did not get the support of fans. And in particular, I don't know, if, I don't know how many, 
from a demographics uh, insight, how many black fans and, and white fans or whatever was watching it, but it obviously wasn't enough, especially with Batwoman and Stargirl. I mean, not Stargirl, um, Naomi. It does, I, you know, my biggest pet peeve is when I got people on social media, I'm not going to out every, you know, uh, uh, people I know, but I dare more people than the people I know who do this. People get mad when they see shows like Naomi and Black Lightning end, but those are the same people who never watched it in the first place. I hate that to every fiber of my being because it's like, now you're going to put on a sad emoji when you see an article with the headline that says show canceled, but you never supported that show from the get go. So why are you trying to play Why are you, why are you, you know, deep faking, if you will. And I know that term is used for something else, but the fake is deep on this. It just, it, 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 it bothers me to no end. It really bothers me to no end when I see that, but on the other hand putting black lightning on the side here and putting batwoman and naomi up and i i know they tried but it just didn't live up to i think the direction was the part of it i mentioned in the last uh segment how naomi failed um batwoman just it, it they just didn't do enough to make people want to watch her and i think our character wasn't batman-esque enough for people to say like okay we're supporting we're backing this up but k kane character was very much like the comic book and very much living up to the batman's you know stature as it was so it just didn't it just didn't work out for that now we might have at best two shows left right now um out of the 10 shows that is premiered in this entire series of uh arrowverse shows we had 10 shows main shows we had two limited animated series with freedom fighters the ray and vixen and then on top of that we also had seven crossover specials starting with the flash and arrow heroes join forces invasion crisis on earth x one of the best ones there elseworld which was a prelude to crisis on infinite earth the absolute best of them all and then Armageddon, which in my opinion was the weakest of them all. That was the Armageddon was the one where um, when uh, Ryan made her appearance, but it wasn't necessarily like the prime, you know, Earth in there. So they technically they never really still met at all. It that, that was just it was just not. That was one of the we absolutely one of the weakest uh, deals in there. Uh, the only good part about that deal was like Black Lightning came back after. They ended the series uh, for a bit just to say that he's still in the universe, which I thought was dope. Um, so that was it. But like in terms of like CW shows right now, the only shows that we have right now are possibly three. I should say Flash is still running, but they have announced that that series is going to end soon. And then we got Superman and Lois, which is the newest one out right now. And then they uh, not sorry, sorry, not Naomi Stargirl may be back or may not i did look on imdb and it did say this come back for a uh, season i actually love that show uh star girl absolutely got the budget that uh the flash had i thought the storylines were great um they recognized it as another earth so there was possibility that you know like naomi they all can meet up someday 
but uh, I thought they did a great deal with that show. I thought the show was awesome. I hope that it comes back for a third season because I enjoyed it very much. And I thought they put in a lot of work into that series uh, for there. But it looks like that these are the only three left. I feel like they're trickling down to ending the series now. And it's just going to be Superman and Lois. Which, what else are they going to be able to do after that? you like Green Lantern, which was supposed to be coming out in hbo max and diggle was supposed to be it and remember diggle was appearing in all these different shows preluding leading in and i swear to goodness if they don't do it i'm going to be mad i'm going to be very pissed because diggle deserves to have his own show why go through all this if this dude is not going to be green lantern and uh he's appeared on everything he's appeared on superman and lois he's appeared on a flash he's appeared on uh supergirl like they, they better do this they better freaking do this and even if they don't put it on a cw it is scheduled to put on hbo max dc desperately needs to keep this going in some form or fashion because that's all that they really had in terms of competing with marvel that in the animated series young justice is still a awesome series but that's all they're hanging on to right now um they don't have any more shows left out of all the 10 shows that i mentioned there's only three left barely three that is left right now they need to keep going because marvel studios and disney is going ever so strong in the element that dc was getting right compared to them like dc was doing so many was doing so much better on primetime tv than marvel was doing at the time now marvel came hard with wandavision with um even though they were limited series still they did much better than a lot of the other cw series like and now we got all these other shows coming out. Moon Knight just came out and that was successful. They're lo- they're now losing at the element which they were winning in. In this in this battle of uh fandoms between Marvel and DC. And on top of that, like it's that and then you got Peacemaker. But how long is Peacemaker going to be doing its thing? Okay, I mean, that's I mean, keep John Cena going cuz this is the best I've seen of John Cena indeed. So I hope that they keep it going because they were on a such a go with this. Um, I just feel like the CW is slowly but surely making its way to changing what um, what they play in, in, in the nature of because I feel like they feel like that the superhero uh, deals run its course. I don't know, but the fact that they gave up on Naomi and Batwoman and Legends the way they did it just strikes me but it's not like to say that these were highly rated shows either because the shows weren't highly rated um the stories weren't strong enough in my opinion of the of the three shows that i mentioned that got canceled so there is that situation i don't know maybe berlanti productions is starting to run its course i don't know i hope that's not the case i hope that somehow they managed to get their spark back uh I believe Titans may be still coming back on HBO Max. There's some, you know, shows that are coming back on HBO, uh, the Harley Quinn show, but that's animated. And um, Kaylee Cuoco, who is killing it on um, on a flight attendant right now. I love that show. If you haven't watched the flight attendant, which is another Greg Berlanti series, go watch it. And just the idea of that. And then he's still working on Riverdale and all this stuff, too. So I don't know. I don't know. I hope that's not the case, but if it is, ah, God, this is, that would be a killer for this genre because, uh, we had a great time. They just need to, you know, find a way to revitalize 
and make it happen again. But, you know, Marvel Studios is doing it. So it's not to say that it's like the genre is failing because Marvel Studios is getting it. Everything that the CW was getting in terms of people gravitating to watch their content. And, you know, it's I don't think it's a matter of the genre dying. I think it's a matter of the just them just not producing some quality stuff like they used to. And I don't know, maybe it'll be too little too late. But if it is, I mean, we had good times with this. I just hope it's not the case. And hopefully we'll get to see more maybe on some other platforms in terms of DC at this point. But if it's the end, you know, it's been great <laughs> in this case. But we'll see, folks, that will do it for this edition of Talk Time Live. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and every episode to all of our new listeners thank you uh, and welcome to the show and if you like this episode and every episode please check us out on many of the platforms but before i even plug that next week on select start the video game podcast i'm going to talk about trek to yomi oh my goodness we got to talk about that uh that game and i uh, played it on a ps5 you're gonna want to play this game <laughs> I'm just going to tell you right now, but we're going to talk deeply about it um, this week on Talk Tom um, Live Extra Select Start. Uh, again, Boris Roberto Aguilar from the Sunday Night's Main Event uh, radio show on TSN in Canada will be on the show to talk about our top five favorite uh, wrestling games of our time. And uh, we're going to talk about that as well. So that there's going to be an extra episode coming this week. Um, the Prime Show next week we're going back to review movies because disney's chippendales rescue rangers the movie is coming to disney plus next week i've been waiting for this i was a little skeptical but the more i've seen what they're doing with this i'm all in <laughs> i am so little this is this looks like it's gonna be hilarious uh it's i i can't i i really 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 was skeptical about this because i've seen what they were doing or i just saw pics of what they were doing but when I, every new trailer that comes out i just became really enamored by this and maybe this would make me a john mulaney fan i'm you know comedic wise i've never been a fan of john mulaney maybe it's just because how he was you know promoted and displayed you know they, they tried to make him the next seinfeld and it just didn't work like that with fox trying to do that and uh, like his show was literally about trying to be Seinfeld. And I had a little bit of reserves about that. Almost the same way that I have reserves for George Clooney becoming uh, Batman in a sense. But this may bring back my faith in him. So he's playing Chip. Uh, Adam, Andy Samberg is playing um, Attack. Well, I think he's playing, he should be playing Dell in this too. Seth Rogen's gonna be in it. Uh, you got um, J.K. Simmons, a whole host of cast members is, um, and people is going to be in this movie. The fact that Seth Rogen is going to be in there alone is kind of selling Andy Sandberg and Seth Rogen. I'm, I'm in, I'm there. And, and, and I believe, um, Seth Rogen is playing like a run down the dumps version of Peter Pan. So <laughs> I'm all for this, man. I, 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 I can't wait to check this out. Hopefully this will be enjoyable. So I'll be reviewing that next week. And um, we'll have so much more coming in the weeks going coming up. So we got there's nothing, sh no shortage of uh, things to talk about 
on this show. But like I said before, if you guys enjoyed this episode and all of our episodes of Talk Time Live, there are so many ways you could listen to this show. You could go to our official website on talktimelive.com and check us out there where all of our audio episodes, our video exclusive uh, interviews are there, our you know blog entries and blog content. And by the way, there's going to be a new unbox coming soon this week or sometime this week. Um, I got something new coming that you may want to check out. If you guys may be interested in Transformers, you may want to sit down for this because it's hopefully it's coming. I will say this. I had some issues in the shipping aspect of this, um, but hopefully we got this narrowed down. It should be here tomorrow is Monday as you're talking about it now and uh, cross your fingers that this thing actually comes uh, and it comes to the right place. But if it comes, there will be a new unbox coming this week and other things that I'll be talking about. And remember, we're counting down the days to New York Comic Con. I will be going back there as well. So there will be coverage of that um, on the uh, Talk Time Live blog page as well. So no shortage of uh, content on TalkTimeLive.com. And if you want to subscribe and download, you can su- subscribe and download wherever you listen to podcasts, including Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Popping, TuneIn, Fountain. Uh, we're on there as well. Tumblr, we're there as well. Um, just wherever you can find podcasts, we're there. So stay tuned for the, all of that and much, much more. So f- folks, that'll do it for me. On behalf of myself, this is Dax Avery Josiah saying, learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out of here. Take care and have a great week, people. Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.